live on social media. Hello everyone, so cool to be back and to do another episode of the Puppet Podcast. I'm Caroline, I'm doing this podcast with a lot of passion because I want to bring the follow spot towards this art form that is puppetry. And yes, I'm so glad because we connect with many Canadians and tonight we have Andrew G. Young. So cool. So yes, before we go into the interview, I just want to let you know that we have this wonderful Patreon that we do and we we want to bring some some attention towards the puppetry. So we give some tips and tricks about promotion online. So here it is. I share it. So you can have a look on that. It's, you know, Patreon is a wonderful platform. So I really invite you to have a look on it and, and see the content that we put. We put a lot of uh, great stuff about promotion, but also if you are a puppeteer and you want to conquer more of the online stuff, you, you could have access to those puppet workshop of building, of online streaming about many many subjects that we have so here was about zoom workshop with children how to do that and so yeah have a look on that with our wonderful patreon account so the address is patreon slash puppet podcast really simple so that was the commercial so now let's go into this wonderful interview so hey I've traveled all over the place in US, in Canada, and in Hong Kong. So tonight is talking to us from Ontario. Please welcome in the screen, Andrew G. Young. Hey! Hello! <laughs> I love to make it. Ta-da! Really. The big entrance. <laughs> yes! Andrew, so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for having me on. Yes, I want, I want yourself to to introduce yourself actually uh, to the crowd who are watching right now and yes. tell us how you fall into puppetry. Um, so I, I work as a performer and predominantly as a, a puppeteer uh, in many different styles of puppetry and how I kind of got into puppetry, um, I saw a really amazing show. Uh, so way back when I was in theater school, I was uh, living in Toronto at the time um, and we had a little two week course on puppetry um, and then we went to uh, we went downtown to see a show by the Old Trout Puppet Workshop um, called the Famous Puppet Death Scenes, and and this was one of the most bizarre, weird shows, and I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, it because it was chopped up in little scenes, and within each scene, they were all drastically different from each other, all based around famous puppet death scenes in plays and movies and what basically whatever they made up. Uh, but it was really beautiful because you have this really bizarre dark humor uh, puppet of two characters speaking in gibberish, standing outside of doors, and then a monster comes and eats one. And then this really beautiful scene of this old man falling apart and slowly becoming the walls around him. Mm -hmm. uh, all while these scenes are so different, but um, so funny and so real. And it was just one of the most captivating shows that I've ever seen. And then um, once I saw that show, I immediately went back to my apartment and got my housemates and we grabbed a bunch of paper and tape and we started 
<laughs> mocking up things together and creating these characters. And we ended up building like 36 different people puppets and throwing them around and seeing how they moved. And um, ever since then, I've been hooked. Uh, and I started creating shows with my friends. And then that was 11 years ago. <laughs> and wow. I've been kind of traveling since. Yeah, so cool. So yeah, you, you get a crush moment with the old trout uh, yeah. theater. And I want to just place as you were trained as an actor first and you yeah. you, you perform as a dancer, clown, uh, and also silence performance. So yeah, yeah. Are, are you calling sometimes yourself like multidisciplinary artist or something uh, like that? I do. Uh, so I, I went to uh, Humber at the time was a very collective theater based school. So we I went to school with the same 17 people and we created shows. We started a show in first year and finished it in third year. Uh, we were always constantly creating as an ensemble. Um, and I really fell in love with that. And then we did different styles. So we did like contact dance, uh, clown, mask, all sorts of stuff. And um, I guess how I would label myself is just kind of a theater creator, just because mm. that's more succinct. Yeah. Um, and also just kind of, I, I never, I always get, I always get a little confused trying to like explain what I do because it's always yeah. like, and I do this, and I do this, and I stage manage, and I build the set, and I do this, where that just kind of goes, yeah, I uh, I do whatever is asked of me, and I try and make it as best as I can, if that makes yeah. sense. That's so clear. That's like <laughs> theater and all around theater. That's great. Yeah. And I think we need those kind of advice and exchange to know and how to explain what we do to others because it's yeah. key in our job. Totally. Uh, yeah. Many, many years of going, what am I doing? And trying to write it a business card and you ends up being this big and it keeps folding out because there's more and more titles on it. And yeah, <laughs> that's, just the creator. That's great. I, yeah. I, I take that. And okay. I just want to let you know, Andrew, that we have people watching from Virginia. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we and people if you want to write down in the chat like from where you are watching, it's always good to drop it and if you have any question for Andrew feel free to write it down. So my deep question, are you ready Andrew for the deep question of the puppet podcast? Well, we'll see how it goes. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first one is the why. Like what makes the art of puppetry an art that you cherish? Um, what I cherish about it is the, how much you can create within that space and you can create an entire universe and you can pick and choose and expand on it. And you can really, um, create the rules within that. So like, mm. you don't have to deal with gravity if you don't want to, you can have a character that constantly changes sizes. Uh, you can do the scale. You can have a character created completely out of light. Um, mm. It's just so vast that the possibilities that could happen, and then you could have this entire universe, and then shrink it all down into something, and then move on to something else. Mm. The, the endless possibilities within it, um, and the collaborative aspect of it. Um, just because I went to a collaborative school, and that's kind of my background, figuring out how to do this, and then work with somebody or multiple people on creating a character, and then figuring out how. You can uniformly all move them at the same time, or mm -hmm. if you're handing off a puppet back and forth to different people, like matching the rhythm and the intention and creating the focus on just this character. Um, 
there's this movie that I, the documentary called Puppet, which uh, tracks a show in the States from creation to uh, being on Broadway and then getting panned in the reviews and all sorts of stuff. But there's this really great line from it. Uh, and what I love about it that kind of encompasses puppetry is that uh, a puppet on stage struggles to live where an actor struggles to die. So you're constantly having to give breath and focus and send all this energy into this puppet and it's getting all the puppeteers focus and all the audiences pop, uh, focus at the same time. And it's this really cool moment of like making people care about a box and then <laughs> being able to put it down like, okay, next thing, let's move on. <laughs> That's a right image, like yeah. to take care of the box, the object. And I love this quote also, it's really, yeah, yeah. really nice. So. So for your info, Andrew, we have people watching from Los Angeles, and wow. we have also Jim. Jim, hey, Jim. let you know. Hey, Jim, how's it going? <laughs> Yay. Happy to have you on the show, Jim. So <laughs> the next question, you talk about your crush moment with Old Trout. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to, to maybe go uh, like more in the past. Do you have more another crush, maybe when you were a kid? or? Yeah. Um, so um, I grew up kind of watching the Muppets, obviously, that was kind of a, a staple. But one thing that's, uh, I always was kind of fascinated by the more surreal stuff or more like uh, surreal comedy. So like I grew up watching Mr. Bean kind of every day. And even though like it's it's this same kind of like heightened reality uh -huh. uh, within a puppetry show where it's, it's, it's within the world that we live in, but it's the rules are slightly different. And I always found that kind of fascinating. Um, and the same way, like watching the Muppet show and seeing people interact with these, uh, these Muppets and understanding that, um, they're talking to somebody's hand and that was, and the way that they would fully convince themselves that they would, uh, talk to this, this person moving their hand as somebody's crouched down way down here. I always found that fascinating and just the aspect of live performing that was really interesting to me. And all these people focused on creating this energy and this, uh, all, all the focus within the show. Like it's, I always kind of fell in love with that before I even got into theater myself. Like I didn't really get into performing till later in high school, but th those things were kind of ingrained in the back of my head. Yeah. The collective work. And that's why also you, your training, was also collective school and yeah and stuff like yeah. that interesting yeah. and uh, i want to to know as training we're talking about like uh the field of study so for mm. you what would be the best field of study for someone to become a puppeteer um that's a really hard question yeah, yeah. yeah. uh so the, the what i would say is the best field of study is to go see as much as you can and understand what you like and what you don't like. And nine times out of 10, any puppeteer you go up to and you ask them how they did something in a show, they will run backstage and grab the puppet and show you because they're so excited about the mechanics of it. Um, I remember I was, I was seeing a show uh, in Toronto again, and there was this dog puppet that ran and it had a little wagging tail. And it was a, it was a TYA show. So there's a bunch of kids and then there's me and my friend standing awkwardly at the back waiting for all the kids to go by and then we're leaning in and go can you show us the dog because we're really interested we're puppeteers too we want to know how this works 
And he, he goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he runs back on stage and gets it. And he shows us the mechanics of how the, the toggle switches work inside. And yeah, so I, I would say just go and see things and then go ask questions. Um, and oh, like try and find people that are doing intensives or, or doing workshops or something. And whether you go to them or not, uh, just go and talk to them and tell them what you're interested in and why you want to do it. Yeah. And, yeah. And It'll it's interesting you, you bring that, the why. Like you have to, to tell also the, the why yeah. to people. That's true. I want to ask you also your definition of a puppet. We we talked before the interview a little and we talk about object theater. I know you yeah. you you do that also. So I want to know your own definition in your own word of a puppet. So um this is something that I debate with a lot of with people on and off uh, over, over many beers. But um my my current stance, and it probably will change for the next year or two but uh it's an inanimate object that's brought to life by someone to give it feelings thoughts or emotions or a combination of all three wow <laughs> that's, that's... I, I got, I, i've been sitting uh this last year i've been sitting down so i've just been sitting and reading and thinking and going uh what does this mean how does this work what am i trying to say by doing these things and it ends yeah. up but you have three things. I just want to recap. Say it again, just to. Um, some, an inanimate object that uh, expresses thoughts, feelings, or emotions, uh -huh. or a combination of all three. Product <laughs> eventually it becomes all three, always. But it's, it's something yeah. that can um, convey a thought or a feeling yeah. to an audience member. And Whether then... that's something that's this big, or it's, it's a teapot, or it's a giant uh, 15 foot puppet that four people have to work to walk it back and forth. Yeah, I love yeah. it. It's it's deep in, in content and thought. It's true that puppetry could express thought and so bring thought in image and thought into action. And it's really cool. That's, that's one thing that I really like about puppetry, um, especially because a lot of the work that I like is nonverbal. So being able to convey those thoughts within a, a puppet or seeing something that um seeing a character on stage go through the thought process and being able to read what he says whether it's something like if you're doing a, a muppety style thing where it's hmm yes or no or maybe like it's yeah. it's those kind of base gestures that are within the common vernacular that people understand yeah it, what that's another thing i find it fascinating about puppetry is like just seeing a character sit down and breathe like it's so riveting because that is a, the potential to be anything. Um, and it's even like within theater in general, like that's one of my favorite moments is when the lights go down and comes back up and you see people just sitting and breathing and you go, oh, okay, something's going to happen. <laughs> that's great. That's yeah. true. You, you are a good observator. You, you observe stuff. We have Robina who's, who quote with what you say. She say the puppeteers awake the puppet and the audience then invest their own energy to keep that puppet alive. That's yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, a good... Yeah. Uh, Very a good, good That's it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> a good jam on what you, 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 you tell it. And yeah. uh, I want to, um, to ask you also, 
um, do you feel puppetry is in an ascension right now? Or like, it's funny because we are in a funny situation with the, the, yeah. the pandemic, but in your observation with the online and whatever you saw, do you feel the ascension or not? Uh, I think we are in an ascension just because it's becoming um, more well known, even without like even without the realm of the theater, uh, we have more, uh, like, especially with Netflix, with like Dark Crystal coming out uh, yeah. and that whole series being sent out. And then even uh, The Mandalorian, where you have this little tiny puppet move back and forth. Like it's it's moving slowly away from being a, a kid's thing, where I think, yeah. especially in Canada, we're all kind of stuck that, or we were stuck that puppetry was a, a kid's uh, performance art. Uh, which it has total value to be that, but um, I think it's it's starting to crack that it can be other things too. Yeah. Um, especially because there are a lot of shows that I've seen around Ontario in like Stratford or Shaw or just uh, Toronto Theatre. Um, there are a lot more shows with puppets. They're not puppet shows because it's... I, I, have this, I get this weird definition where I don't call it a puppet show because it's... The main, if the main character is not a puppet or if there's people interacting with the puppets or the puppets aren't the focus, it's not a puppet. It's a show with puppets uh, that kind of enhance the show. Um, so, and that's different from being like um, a cabaret thing, but yeah. there's there's been in the last four or five years, there seems to be more and more things that are popping up within these shows. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting to say a show with puppet and a puppet show. It's it's a, it's, it's a weird little <laughs> a little exactly. detail, but it's yeah. part of the process. Yeah, yeah. I want also to um, to ask you about your goals as a, a puppeteer or for your career, or you have something you you envision for the future. Mm, I guess like kind of my only real goal is to make people happy and uh -huh. try and do that as best as I can, whether it's through performing or sparking an idea or giving giving a show and somebody takes a moment from out of it and enjoys that hour and whatever. Um, that's kind of just what makes me happy. Like it's um, the last couple of years, I've been traveling around the world doing this and it's been amazing. And I never thought I would see the places that I've been, um, let alone on somebody else's dime, which is always better. Um, but yeah, I, I guess my goal is to just keep going as long as I can. And then when my body can no longer hold up to holding things and wiggling giant objects around, then I'll, I'll move on to something else. But, uh, for now, I'm just going to try and keep going. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's a, a good goal. Make people happy. That's, yeah. that's the duty of artists also to make people yeah. feel stuff. So Rubina said something about historically, and, and she's from Canada too. So it, it, um, it was not for kids. Yeah, that's right. But it, yeah, so the puppetry side of it. So thank you, Rubina, for, for yep. this. It, that's true. We want to reach more people, and let's, yeah. let's do that. Um, I want to ask you also the vision. We, we talk uh, in terms of future. I want to know where do you see puppetry in 10 years? Um, that's a, <laughs> another really like... Um, Those deep, deep questions. Deep, deep questions. <laughs> in, 10 years is such, such a long... Like I hope that it's recognized as like a, a viable art form 
on its on its own, um, which which it is, but more in the general population, people yeah. going, oh yeah, where I basically wanted it to be at a point where I can go, oh, I'm a puppeteer, and then people don't ask me if it's like this kind or like this kind. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but it, it just making it more familiar within um, the general population, I guess. Yeah. I hope. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's the goal of other puppeteers. We have had another Canadian, Sid Croft, who said that. Like, he wants mm -hmm. to have everyone have a good image when, when someone say puppet or even yeah, the yeah. word is in other language, like what, yeah. what yeah, it yeah. vibrate to. So cool. And, and maybe you have a puppet somehow around you yeah or the conclusion um, we always ask to show sure. something or to express what you think about it so i've got um this puppet which i kind of has evolved and it's um my skeleton puppet um so he's made completely out of garbage and paper and tape and paint um so he has evolved throughout the show and his purpose kind of changed once i started doing the show um, so in a cabaret, the, uh, I was doing this bit where he basically, he wakes up in a coffin and gets out of uh, the grave and then he gets confused why people that keep running away from him um, because he doesn't realize he's a skeleton. And throughout the show, he slowly falls apart. So as he's going around, he's walking and then somebody hits him and he, his head pops off. Um, <laughs> so the way that this one works is just um, a piece of foam and uh -huh. it's just inside. Um, so this was the first show that I did, and actually, um, midway through the scene, as it's just a torso running around, his leg fell off. Um, so I can't—I don't know if you can tell, but on the back I, here, I there's some go. parachute clips. Yeah. Um, so what they do—I had a pair of shoes that I made that had parachute clips on my toes. So he was a single-operated puppet. So his feet would be on my feet. Um, his arms—I control them, and then I switch back and forth to the head. Yeah. Um, so once his leg fell off, and then I had to figure out how to get his body off stage, and then the other leg off stage, and doing the splits, it kind of he kind of evolved into um, a puppet that slowly breaks down the entire show. So like, he's got he's made out of wood and things, and he's got little tiny kind of hands, and then part of the show after part of the show, his hand falls off. And then his arm falls off, and then his leg falls off, and it ends up being just a big stump spine hopping around the stage. Um, so he's completely, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. He, Is it the bottle? Yeah. The head? It's, it's a ginger ale bottle. <laughs> I don't know if you can still tell, but we've just painted the inside of it. Uh -huh. um, so that's a big thing. When I was coming out of uh, school and creating shows with my friends, um, we had no money. So we'd go around to back alleys and find cardboard and garbage and collect it all or um we'd walk down the streets and find random things and bring them back to our apartment and then we would uh sit in the living room and create these weird puppets out of uh garbage um i guess because like our training we never really had uh a building class per se uh -huh. so we didn't really learn any techniques of how to make something so it was a lot of like if i stick enough hot glue on this it'll hold or if I sew this a million times, it'll hold together. And then obviously throughout the show, he falls apart. And uh, <laughs> so um, 
Yeah, you we used to have... the material and the reaction yeah. and the knowledge that you don't have maybe to serve your show. That's great. Yeah. Um, and then later on, I started doing more object puppetry um, because I found that really kind of um, an accessible, you can grab something and create a character. Um, so I have, this is one of my favorite objects. Most of the objects that we've done have been um, created of a kitchen um, just because I find that is one of the most unique shapes and then one of the, uh, the easiest ways to try and find faces within things. So this guy's my favorite. Um, because I one I use them every single day because I'm way too obsessed with coffee. Um, but if you can find things, I have the time, same. I have the same. So maybe yeah, yeah. in the morning I will do that and take of you. So this guy can easily. You've got like the defined nose, so you can kind of walk around and oh, <laughs> and then you've got um, like his body that you can kind of create him to walk down or yeah. different parts that pop out. So you've got the body, the head, and the little arm. Uh -huh. So yeah. Um, yeah. And even within that, like what I found fascinating about object theater is how little a puppet needs to define to be a puppet. Sorry, that's mm -hmm. probably really loud. Um, but even just something as simple as like an indicator of the face. Yeah. Uh, just a, or even um, a little ball on, on a plat sheet. You see it as like a nose or yeah. just like eyebrows, like how little needs to be on it to convey the the message. I got in this weird kick of like minimalism uh, in performance. So like doing that and understanding like if I have a spoon that just has one hand, like how many different things can I do with that with just that? And then how fast can I change it into something else? Um, yeah, so the show that we did was a, was like a playback theater style show where people would tell us stories and then we'd recreate their stories as somebody wrote music on a piano for us as we would pull out these random objects and do. Um, it was a real crazy adventure, but it was, um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. And you challenge yourself. yourself. Mm -hmm. It's funny. It's I think in an echo, echo right now. Oh. But it's right. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's like the, the, the muscle of trying to really actively listen during a show um like especially like i know touring a show you can kind of get into a routine where it's you've done the same thing a hundred times and it kind of just goes Boop. uh but th that show too is like you actively need to listen to the person's story because you've one you've never heard it before and then trying to figure out how to communicate with this other person without talking and like giving away the joke so it was, yeah, yeah it's it's a really it's a really great exercise to keep the brain kind of sharp. Yeah, and from muscle, it's really yeah. key. Yeah, so yeah. so interesting, Andrew. You are full of talent with improv, dance, clown, puppetry, and <laughs> all of this like creative mind of minimalism. I feel we we have an artist in front <laughs> right there. So cool yeah. to have you on the show. Thank you for having me on the show. It was really great to uh, to get to talk to you. Yes, and if people want to reach at you, want to see more of your stuff, where they should go? Um, probably the best place to find is just go to my website, which is um, andrewgyoung.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's a wonderful probably. website. Well, thank you. I spent a lot of time plugging away at a computer and getting really frustrated because I'm not great at computers. But thank you. That's really great. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's it's a way to show to the world that you you do a lot of stuff you have done and you will 
so that that's good so yeah everyone have a look to the website of andrew so it's the end andrew i will have to push you out of the screen right now okay but stay in the virtual studio we can chat after that but yeah you can say bye to the okay. crowd Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone, thank you for watching this other wonderful episode. So stay tuned. We have another one on Thursday. And you can also have um, a look on our Patreon, but also we do some coaching. We help puppeteers to get some attention on the web, get more gigs online. So you can have a look on our website. It's puppetpodcast.com slash call and you can have a call with us and just chat about your business and to see if we can help you so let's see how it goes so everyone thank you so much for watching and yes stay tuned we have plenty of artists that we will interview and feel free to reach to us and let's create this wonderful community as puppeteers so see you soon Thank you.